All right, Justin, sing me a song about something that just brings you unbridled joy or a song that does that. I'm a coffee person and my favorite coffee is Folger's Coffee. So that means there's only one song that perfectly encapsulates that and gives me joy. <laughs> the best part of waking up is Folger's in your cup. All right. That is a pretty catchy tune. Now, while classic, timeless. Yeah, but the problem is, is that's not technically a song. It's a jingle. But that was the fastest you've ever responded to that ever. (laughs) So I'll actually give you the win because you got that super fast. And I know most of the time I edit it to where it seems like I, I don't leave in your gaps of thinking when I edit this. So, like, for most listeners, it's going to be like, oh, no, he answered in the same amount of time. No, you're answering in real time that the edited answers get. That astounds me. That was from the heart, man. You know I don't play about Folgers. I mean, you say that. I I had no idea that that was your preferred uh, brand of coffee. So I actually had no way of knowing you didn't play with Folgers. Well, I mean, now you know because the I mean, yes. just now you know because the response. Yes, so now fast. I do. Now I do. Like it's if I'm like, "Hey, Justin, what's some joy?" and you just start singing some Folgers in your cup and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was so fast. <laughs> like you didn't even do a uh nothing. Nothing. I am just utterly just perplexed right now that that right there is was just so quick. Anyway. Uh, Heather, your turn. Same question. Go. Something that brings me joy. Um, Sterling's going to hate my answer. <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Uh, but it's truth. It's truth. Fuck it's Christmas. Oh, my. It makes me happy, though. So that's the only thing I thought of, even though I know I'm asking for losing this round because you hate Christmas. <laughs> but it's my truth it is my truth i'm not gonna lie i'm not like like a super fan of celebrating christmas but i do like christmas music christmas music is the single worst genre of music to ever exist (laughs) uh, that's not right that can't be right you don't like frosty the snowman (laughs) man name one christmas song that's been written in the last 90 years the answer is none. They're all old and fuck like old as fucking played out and boring and dumb. Ugh. But ugh. But he had a top even a Kelly Clarkson a- Christmas song. All right, I bought that album because I support Kelly Clarkson, but I've never fucking listened to it. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> what about walking around the Christmas tree? Have a happy holiday you don't like that one no i'd rather have my <laughs> eyelids removed by a paper clip than listen to cut like christmas oh, music wow <laughs> what a, you wow. don't like the drum you don't like the drummer boy man that is the I worst gift to give a baby ever little drummer <laughs> boy on, is dude. the single worst song to ever be written in human history because it's about the dumbest thing in the world like oh man look at that baby I'm going to play a drum next to it. Yeah. Who the fuck does that? Some little piece of shit. 
that's who <laughs> fuck that drummer boy just Plus, missing oh the that's point not of even the song any skill either what is pum but- pum pum man i can teach a fucking monkey how to play barumpa pum pum that takes zero drum skill and this motherfucking kid's going in like man i'm a drummer and this is what i got for you fuck that kid <laughs> fuck that but it's kid. all he had i don't it's give all a he shit had. he could he sit there. drum for him no i don't give yes that's something you should never do for a baby go ask a doctor <laughs> if you should ever play a drum next to a baby and you know what the doctor will say of course not. <laughs> I don't disagree on that. But and then you the, go, doctor. The point of the song. But that's all I have. And he'd go, so? You still don't do that. Give nothing. Yeah. What Just about give- Winter Wonderland? In the meadow we could build snowman. Yeah, you know who, you know who likes that song? Tip. People that don't live in an area where it snows a lot. <laughs> but You know what has never been in sung in Buffalo, New York? That song. <laughs> I'm just saying. Man, well, what about that one song? Uh, no, nope. oh my god, I that one sucks what the too. Title is. I guarantee. It. I don't even know what fucking song you're about to sing, but I guarantee you, it fucking sucks. The one that the Trans Siberian Orchestra did a version of. Dun, oh, dun, dun, the Carol of the Bells. Christmas is here. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Ding dong, ding ding. You know what that song reminds me of? Home Alone. No, youth pastors that skateboard to connect with kids. What? 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 It's just, trying to make, just it's just trying to make Christmas all edgy and cool. <laughs> Fuck off. Frosty dies for those kids, man. Good. Because it should have never been alive. It's a fucking snowman. <laughs> there must have been some magic in that old top hat they found. Yeah, so if there's magic in that top hat, what if it got put on a kid? What would happen to that kid? Also, like, what if you put it on some other inanimate object? What if they put that hat on, like, a piece of dog shit? Would that dog shit come to life? That is a horrible, horrible problem that that magical hat is introducing into this universe and should never exist. You're not going to come at me with anything Christmas related and really kind of get anything out of me that's positive. Like all the Christmas music movies I like are either called not Christmas movies <laughs> or like they're they're about how shitty Christmas is. Like essentially, I am the 2020 male version of Phoebe Kate's character from Gremlins and like hating Christmas. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Right. My dad didn't die in the chimney on Christmas Day or anything, but I just don't like it. But it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> yeah. According to who? Satan. Because he's evil. And Christmas is evil. <laughs> Whoa. Man, I'll play my drum for him. Justin, no. No but fucking drum solo. No, it's not. Man, you're all sitting over there acting like it's a fucking Timbaland joint from like fucking early 2000s. That ain't good shit, dude. What if Timbaland went to play his drum for him? Imagine if did a drummer boy. Imagine if Timbaland did a drummer boy remix. Yeah, he would. would And it would just be a good song because he would have nothing to do with that. He'd just be like, man, I'm just doing some shit that's not that. Because fuck that song. (laughs) It sucks balls. 
What about when the chipmunks would sing the Christmas songs? Oh, yeah. That's so, like, <laughs> some really high-pitched, grating voices singing loved songs. Yeah, that's a real great fucking time. Like, when your ears start bleeding from all the fucking high-end frequencies. Oh, it's just such a fucking great thing. No. Christmas songs suck. Just deal with it. Man, you tripping on that trans Siberian Orchestra, though. You man, tripping, no, I'm not. Man. You know. You know that's good, man. You man, it's all like, man, what if Christmas was edgy like we are? Boom, 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 yeah, distortion on guitars. Woo, yeah, edgy and cool. Fuck off. <laughs> and this is more thoughts on Christmas from Sterling. What about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? He was just an underdog, man. No, he's not. You don't like he's that not. song either? He's not actually an underdog at any given point in time. But the, all of the other reindeer used to have a, used to laugh and call him names. Okay, like that doesn't make you an underdog. That just makes you not cool. But they never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. <laughs> so, uh, like what? Like what? 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 What are these reindeer games? He doesn't know because he never got to join in. Justin, how would he? What if that? What if that actually is the reindeer games? Like, what if the reindeer games are just you pick one reindeer that year and not let them do anything? What if that is actually the definition of a reindeer game? And that's what they were doing. And also, whenever that whole song, when it's like, they used to laugh and call him names, like Pinocchio. That makes no damn sense. Pinocchio doesn't have a red nose. What the fuck is that kind of insult? That's like being, like, insulted by something that just doesn't make sense. It's like if I was to like, Justin, that was- Justin, you know what you are? You're muscular. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> To be fair, I think that was added. But that's not part of the original song, no, though. I get that, so. but I'm just saying yeah, that's the not, example yeah. that's given. I'm just saying that is the one example that's given. Oh, and they're like reindeer games. Oh, I know in the, their version, it's like like Monopoly. Yeah. You know what? You I know what reindeer can't do? Play Monopoly because they can't fucking pick up dice. No one's playing that <laughs> game. None of the reindeers are joining in that game. They can't fucking roll dice. Speaking <laughs> of yeah. reindeer games. Does anyone remember that movie, Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck? And See, Charlize another Theron? reason to fucking hate Christmas. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> oh, man. And I love me some Ben. There is nobody in this and world Charlize. that loves Ben Affleck like I do. Ben Affleck does That's not correct. love Ben Affleck like I do. And I still I that. don't watch Reindeer Games. On the other hand, his other Christmas movie is utter- utterly delightful. Surviving Christmas. I love that movie. Because it's about family dysfunction. Yeah, and how Christmas is shitty. I love it. Yeah. So, do you just want to say fuck whatever we were doing on this podcast and just keep going on how much I hate Christmas? Because I will do it. I think I think we're good. Thank you, though. <laughs> Man, I just can't believe the Trans Siberian Orchestra didn't touch your heart. Uh, why would it, Justin? <laughs> Unsettling. Can you name any other it. song they do other than that Mannheim Steamroller thing? No. Exactly. <laughs> Man, it don't mean shit. I mean, adding guitar distortion and some fucking synth doesn't make your shit cool, okay? I think it's funny that, like, I mean, you guys have known each other for so many years, right? And I think it just still probably surprises Justin every year that you're like, what? Christmas is the worst? What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, this is my least favorite time of year. That's all I'm saying. And Christmas is the reason for that, too. Christmas is the reason for Sterling's hate season. That's all I'm saying. I'm coming out with rhymes. That's all I fucking know. <laughs> hmm. 
At I'm least last Johnny year we had Cochran podcast fest. Shit. Yeah, that wasn't fucking Christmas though. That was early December. But this time of year though. I don't give a shit. All right. Fuck Christmas. I said it. What did the songs ever do to you though? They're just songs. What song? All of them. Just what? them. All, all the collection. What did all, those songs ever do to you? They celebrate Christmas. <laughs> I mean, but surely you feel a little warm inside when you hear them. No. At least a little bit. Just a no. little bit of warmth, you know? No. Just a little bit of warmth right, that you makes know, you uncomfortable. Justin, you know that, that makes classic, your black heart uncomfortable. You know that, cla- like, oh, that classic Christmas warmth. story, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas? And how at the yeah. end on Christmas Day, his heart grew three times. Yes. My heart shrinks three times every Christmas. <laughs> oh, God. I really was just counting on that drummer boy to warm your heart. I just knew that, but it's okay. Maybe next year. Why to it would again a and- stupid little rhythm that is not technical at all warm my heart? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sterling, we've decided, is the Grinch. Fuck that. The Grinch wishes he could be me. Because I your combination of Scrooge and the Grinch. Yeah, except both those bastards like learned lessons at the end of that. You know what I'll never do on Christmas? Learn a fucking lesson. Fuck Christmas. Oh, what about that one? Do you hear what I hear? Like that one? <laughs> no, because all it's saying is like, hey, Sterling, Sterling, do you hear this Christmas song? Do you hear it? Because we're talking about hearing it. Fuck them. What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> You don't even like Mariah Carey's song? No. She can't even sing like 90% of them anymore. She was fucking trying every Christmas. If there's any reason to not like Christmas at this point, it's her singing every year. (laughs) I mean, it's one of those things. Lots of people every year around this time of year always talk about how there's a war on Christmas. And do you know how disappointed I am every year when there's not actually a war on Christmas? (laughs) They keep getting my hopes up. That this will be the year that we finally destroy Christmas, but no, it never actually happens because there's never a war. And I'm ready every year. And it never happens. Oh, I got one for you. No, okay, you don't. this is it. This is the winning shot. I'm right telling here. you, it's not. What about Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock? What about Jingle Bell Rock? <laughs> you know what? Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. Da, I think Jasper just wanted ring, to sing it. Jingle Bell's Dating. Come on, man. You know what that song Come is, Justin? It's the 1960s what? version of that Mannheim Steamroller song. <laughs> it's the 1960s version of being edgy and cool because it's rock music. Yeah. We're rocking. Fuck off. But that's the jingle bell rock. You know what is not a rocking instrument? Jingle bells. <laughs> I mean... Man. That song is to rock music what Jethro Tull was when they won Best Hard Rock Album in the Grammys the first year it was around. When it's all, yeah, hard rock with a flute. <laughs> it's the same thing. There is nothing rock and roll about Jingle Bells. Yeah. Okay. It was a good try, Justin. You know what's one of my favorite scenes in any Christmas movie ever? What? It's the first Santa Claus movie when Santa dies. It's fucking great. Yeah, aren't you glad you went down this road with me? And you have nobody to blame but Heather. I mean, I just want to know if I got my point. <laughs> Man, I was going to leave that up to Justin, but obviously I know where his fucking bias lies. Yes. Damn it. Damn it. I gave myself away. 
Yeah. Yeah, you did. You played your hand way too early because I was literally about to ask Justin that at the beginning of all of this. And that's when he's like, man, what about this song? And I was like, oh, played his hand already. Am I wrong? Or did Justin do a bunch of Christmas songs last year around this time, too? Well, he is a I son feel of like a bitch. He did that. So <laughs> I just I feel like you tried to. I don't know if you tried again to like get Sterling to like one of them or if you were just kind of like in the in the Christmas spirit. But I think I remember you doing songs on another one for Christmas before. Well, I think that's technically where this ended up starting at one point, because Justin was just singing songs randomly sometimes before we'd start recording. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I think it possible. started like around Christmas time. He would have done that. I don't know if it's actually on the podcast from last year, but that's kind of where this whole thing started was because of that. When we were in Chicago, did I attempt to sing any songs like this to you? When we did that podcast, I, I want to say at some point you did because I remember it, and it was like the it was all these songs. <laughs> Sterling was like, "Nope," <laughs> but I don't remember <laughs> if it was just like us riding in the car or if it was actually on a podcast. It might I have just been like a general conversation when we, went, when we went to that bar, that diehard theme bar, because I think oh, they were playing yeah, Christmas music that. in there, okay, or something like that, okay. Well, I don't know. Every year we'll visit and we'll just see where you are, Sterling. I'm going to tell you every year it's just going to get worse. I'm just saying probably like two or three years from now when we do this again, I'm going to end up saying something I'm going to truly regret because of how much I hate Christmas. Although I would like to acknowledge that clearly your your love for Kelly surpasses your hate for Christmas. And it's that's something thing. to be said. I want Kelly to have money. But at the same time, I don't want to hear it. So <laughs> that's just where I stand. Yeah. Anywho. On that note, I'm playing the music. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And I guess Heather gets a point because it brought her joy, and that was technically the criteria, even though yes. nothing she sang or anything we talked about for the last 20-something minutes should bring anybody joy other than Folgers, because I've got nothing against Folgers, I suppose. But everything else I have a huge problem with. <laughs> but I guess she gets a point for that. Uh, but on this episode, we will be talking about what we liked and like and everything in between with a Cinefan worst movie with the movie Sharknado. We will be doing spoiler free, then recommendations and scores and then spoilers with time codes telling you when what's happening. And also with that beforehand or before that, not also with it, but before it uh, earlier this week, Tom Cruise went on a huge rant on the set of Mission Impossible 7. And it was recorded by somebody and it was him more or less telling people if they break COVID protocols again, they're going to get fired. And it was all expletive laden and just kind of insane that we were hearing something like that, especially from somebody like Tom Cruise, who is typically very controlled in the media, especially uh, he's, you know, very on like knows what he's doing all the time. And, you know, there was that whole thing and it's caused some controversy. And we're just going to talk about real quick what we thought about that. So, uh, Justin, 
real quick on you. What were your thoughts on the Tom Cruise rant? Wow. Well, um, I mean, it was definitely surprising uh, whenever you sent over the recording and were like, hey, man, look what happened. Uh, It was at first really surprising just to hear that side of him. I mean, it's not like, you know, that it's not like you, you look at somebody like Tom Cruise and go, oh, he would never do this. Not in that way. I mean, you know, nothing surprises me about like was he capable of this but um but but i guess what really got my attention was just just how he spoke about the seriousness of it and how he said you know we're making this movie and this movie provides he tried to come from the perspective of what you're doing is really hurting this production and by hurting this production, if we have to stop, then that's people out of jobs. That's people that don't get paid. And he tried to really bring, even though there were a lot of expletives and yelling and he was very serious in what he was saying, there was, um, there, the, I definitely agreed with the point that he was trying to make that this is, you know, your actions are costing, would cost people jobs. It would, you know, this production would cost people time and money. And I think that's what some people may be missing because I've seen a lot of comments about this and they're like, oh, why is this, you know, guy who's so rich acting like this movie is just the most important thing in the world. And he's yelling at these people just because he has the power to, why doesn't this guy shut up? You know, I've seen a lot of sentiment towards it in that regard saying, man, he's acting like it's the end of the world. This movie doesn't get made, but it's just a movie. What about what real people are going through and stuff like that? But if you listen to that whole thing, it's clear that it's that's not what exactly he was getting at. He was talking about the jobs that it affords people, the people that would be out of work if their movie's not able to be made. And it's just because of the decisions of people who it seemed like in the recording he had already talked to about this and already told the seriousness. It sounded like he was frustrated, like it felt like this had definitely happened more than once. And he was at his at his wits end uh, talking to these people about it. And um, and sometimes I think you you need that. I mean, I don't you know, I've never been on a set or anything. So who knows just how demanding that probably is. But I mean, it's nice to know that even in, in with even with movies like that and stuff like that, that there are people who are just trying to really keep those strict protocols. And it just goes to show just how much our world has changed that too. like even making a movie. They have to be cognizant of this and constantly regulate this and everything like that. And just it just kind of really not only shows um how Tom Cruise was acting, but it also is kind of a reflection for just how much things have changed because of COVID. And it's serious, man. People are serious about their livelihoods and people are serious about their jobs. So yeah, wear the mask or you might run into somebody like this, who's not playing and who's trying to be safe and who is trying to 
protect not only their interests, but everybody else's. That's a part of the workplace, a part of the home, etc. So, yeah, just be careful out there. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, if you listen to this out of context, it sounds completely different than what it actually is. And Tom Cruise, in my opinion, seems like a very passionate person. Um, And so I feel like when him being like this and going off about this, honestly, for me, it just kind of makes it seem like he's just very passionate about trying to be safe and trying to make sure this thing goes away and trying to make sure that, you know, he is doing his part to do everything he can and make sure that, you know, these jobs and these things that people can still do if they follow protocols are able to do them. So um, I, I think Tom Cruise is a little bit, you know, he's, he's an interesting character, you know, but I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as knowledgeable of him as a whole, I guess, um, you know, but from what I understand, he is a pretty, you know, under control person, except when he's very excited about something like, you know, the whole Oprah on the couch incident, you know, like all that stuff. But, you know, but it's it's the, the passion part of it, I think, is what causes him to do that. And I actually I, I I'm fine with him being this passionate and upset for, about them doing that because he realizes, you know, this is a lot of other people's jobs. And this means if if you break it, Everybody could get sick. Everyone could lose their jobs. And you're right. I don't think it was about, I want my movie made. I I don't even, I don't even really think that's what it was. I I, I really think it was just like, do you know how many people you're putting at risk? Like that's kind of the tone that I was getting from it, you know, um, between the language and everything that he was using towards them. And yeah, he was harsh about it, but also like, again, it's that passion of, Like, why wouldn't you want to follow these so that everybody's safe and we don't have to keep doing this kind of thing, you know? So I actually, I understand why he did it, to be honest. Like, I'm not somebody who's a very, um, (laughs) like, aggressive, angry person. Like, even when I am angry, I tend to be more internal and I just get quiet, You know, so I mean, I don't it's not the way that I would have approached it, but that doesn't mean it's the wrong way to do it because I get why he is that worked up about it. And just outwardly, that's how he's expressing how he feels about it. You know, well, for me, I would be more internal about it. He wouldn't be. And also he has a responsibility as somebody who's you know, everybody's got their eyes on him and he's kind of a role model for a bunch of people. And, you know, he's like Hollywood, a list, everything. And just kind of taking that on and realizing like, listen, like if we can't do this, how can we expect other people to do this? You know? And I feel like that's kind of the angle he was taking with it. And I appreciate that honestly, because there are so many people that think, you know, oh, well, we're working on movies and things like that. So we don't have to follow it because we're, we're fine. But that's not how it works. And so I'm I'm kind of on board for him. You know, like they're probably never going to make that mistake again, you know, and it's going to be ingrained in them forever. Probably that 
Tom Cruise went off on them for not following these rules <laughs> and po- possibly endangering other people. So I'm all for it. Personally, I loved every single second of it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of it does have to do with the fact that like Tom Cruise does have money on the line with this. Uh, his production company is footing a lot of the bill for MI7 uh, or a, lo- a good portion of the budget. Um, the production was already delayed because of the original COVID outbreak. And then they had somebody test positive and they had to shut down for, for a little bit already. They already had a couple of delays because of that. And so I think that that's what, what, where you were talking about, Justin, about how like it sounds like this wasn't the first time because it's not. Okay. And, then, and then on top of that, this is one of the biggest budget movies currently filming right now. And he was not exaggerating when a lot when he was saying that he's on the phone with studios and all this other stuff and insurance companies and and other things and other people constantly because they're using this movie as kind of a benchmark for can movies this big be made right now. And movies that are this big do employ a lot of people. And going back to what you were saying, Justin, about like regular people and stuff like that. Most people that work on a movie set don't fucking make a lot of money. And their whole livelihood depends on how many movies they can be a part of every year. Like when you're looking at camera guys and and set builders and electricians and all these other things that, you know, these behind the scenes people that are part of movies, they don't make a lot of movie. They rely on being a part of six different movies a year to make just a regular living. And as we all know, movie jobs come and go. I mean, if one movie goes, you know, like past its shoot time and, you know, ha- adds an extra three weeks to its production, that means the movie you were supposed to start helping film, you might not get or or you might lose that job or you now don't get those like three or four weeks you have between movies to spend with your family. You're now going directly to another movie sh- set and you're not making millions of dollars. You know, you're doing you know, you're working your ass off constantly all year to maybe make 60, 70,000 a year. Maybe. And that's what a majority of the people on a movie set make like behind the scenes. And that's if they're constantly working all the time. So and with studios using this as a kind of a a standard to where to see if big, huge movies can be made right now. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure on that movie. And like some other behind the scenes stuff that some people don't know. Tom Cruise himself personally has spent they're spending, I think, seven hundred thousand dollars of his own money, which I know a lot of people are like, well, how much is he worth versus that? It's still it's still seven hundred thousand dollars of his own fucking money to actually to rent cruise ships for the cast to live on while they're filming. So they're not exposed around other people. So the cast and crew are living on a cruise ship right now, like a few cruise ships to just keep them away from the general public to make sure that the public is safe from that many people and vice versa. And that's his own money doing that. He's paying for all that. Whenever they, when they last had a, uh, the downtime from their other outbreak, he made sure that the people that were on set still got paid for the missing time from the set, from the shot out of his own fucking pocket again. And it's one of those things also like very rarely do you have people of the A-list status of a tom cruise more or less think that the rules apply to them 
more often than not, you hear stories about how they don't feel like the rules apply to them. And we're in this is Tom Cruise saying, I'm doing it. Why the fuck can't you like he's like saying, I'm not above the rules. Then why are you? Because if anybody on that set is yeah. going to be above the rules, it's going to be fucking Tom Cruise. And he's like, no, these rules are in place for a reason. Fucking follow them. And I also love that it was him doing it. He's an executive producer on that movie. His, like I said, one of his production, his production companies uh, doing a lot of the budget for that movie. He's the main actor of that movie. How often would somebody in that role just get somebody else to do that dirty work for him to go be the bad guy instead of him? And Tom Cruise said, fuck that noise. This is my movie. This is my set. And it is by all accounts. It really is. And he was like, the responsibility starts and ends with me to get everybody in line. I fucking love it. And it goes back to like what Heather said. He's fucking passionate about that because while a lot of aspects of Tom Cruise's personality are very, like I said, he's very controlled with how he acts. I don't think that whole Oprah thing was him being anything other than he exactly knew what he was doing. I think he is very cognizant of the image he puts out to the general public at all times. And I think having the 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 mental wherewithal to also be like, well, with that, you know, that that controlled persona I typically put out also comes with him having that sense of responsibility that he has for that, for this movie. And like, you know, like other people said, yeah, it is just a movie, but it is a lot of jobs for a lot of people. And if other studios like Marvel and Disney are using that as a basis of as to whether or not they can start filming a new movie, because a lot of the movies that are finishing up right now are because they started filming before the pandemic. So they're just kind of piecemealing along until they can finish. The Batman did that. Shang-Chi did that. A lot of these other uh, Eternals have done that. Uh, Suicide Squad did that. They all started beforehand. They're just kind of filming whatever they need to to end. This production has 100% been during the pandemic. And just the fact that he, that, that studios are using that as a gold standard as to whether or not other movies of that caliber can be started during this. And he takes that seriously. He wants that responsibility because he feels like they can do it. And he doesn't want people just thinking that that, that, that rule and that responsibility doesn't fall on them too. Because so much of this pandemic and mitigating its damage and everything like that comes down to people's personal responsibility with things. And like I said, I just love that Tom Cruise did not shy away from that. He took that burden of that responsibility and laid it out. I mean, I know I've been very vague about my job on this podcast. I do that intentionally because, you know, it's a job. But like at my job, uh, we have very strict COVID protocols when it comes to masks. I have I have to answer this stuff in an app every day before I go to work to be cleared to go to work every day. I have to wear a mask every day. And if I don't wear a mask every day and I get a warning and I keep not wearing a mask, I lose my job. If I don't answer those questions in that app every day, I get a warning. And if I keep doing it, I lose my job because it's considered a safety issue. And in my industry, yeah, safety issues are one of the easiest ways to get fired because it's a no questions asked. You're not being safe. You're fired. And so to have that type of mentality towards this movie, too, I appreciate because me in the real world, that is my daily life. And the fact that he has that sense of responsibility for his movie set 
And those types of rules of if you keep fucking this up, you're gone. I love it because it shows also how dedicated he is himself to following those rules. Yeah. And I just think that honestly, that right there was a real breath of fresh air to me. As weird as it may sound, that was a weird breath of fresh air to me to have somebody legitimately be that passionate about taking it seriously. Because honestly, yeah, you have like politicians and all these other people like say stuff and all that, but it it feels like cheap politicians speak. I mean, he really felt like he fucking truly cared about it. And I loved it so much. Like, and also to put it into context, how I first heard it, I first heard it with no context. So I had no idea it was about COVID because in COVID protocols, because if you don't know that he doesn't actually say that in there or say anything that directly references like COVID protocols. Like he never says you need to fucking wear a mask or you need to socially. Dis-. He never says those words like those COVID safety code words we all know now. He never says any of them. And so when I first heard it, I was just like, oh, my God, like that's insane because I had no context. But I was still kind of down for it because he just sounded so like fucking fired up about it. And I'm like, I don't know what he's mad about, but I'm kind of fucking mad about it, too. And then (laughs) and then I found out it was about covid protocols. And I was like, oh, he's just on that real shit. Yeah. Like I did. I I really fucking loved every second of it. And apparently he apparently he went on another mini one that was not recorded uh, within even since that one. He went on another one and five people quit. So, hmm. honestly, I think you're quitting if you're not doing it. I don't think anybody that's taking the protocol seriously would quit because he's mad that people aren't like taking them seriously. So, yeah, but apparently five people quit. So, eh. but that's all the information I know about that because I just read about that today. And, all that, and that's all the information it did give was that five people quit because there was like a second like uh, uh, a second incident. And that's all it said from Tom Cruise about the same thing so and it's like they quit i'm like i'm wondering if he started on them and they were like man we're getting fired anyway we leave anyway we quit i wonder if that's what happened because he was about to go on a five minute speech about like responsibility and safety just to fire them (laughs) so right i don't know i just i thought that was great so that's all i have to say about it yeah we support you tom cruise yeah and i think that you know just some of those comments that I read, just like one person was like, well, you know, I think one guy chimed in on there and he was like, well, I'm a manager and I would never, ever condone or ever yell at my employees like this. This is not the constructive way to solve issues, this, that, and the other. You know, I saw a lot of that, too. And the thing is, is that, yes, depending on the environment, is this the ideal way to handle it? Probably not if a co if a worker forgot something or if somebody was late to work or if uh, an assignment came in a little bit late or whatever the case may be. But I think everything in its proper perspective, he was talking about COVID and he's talking about spreading a sickness that can potentially kill people. And he's talking about the entire operation having to shut down because people are sick. That's not uh, a mistake at work. And your boss yells at you and you're like, man, his voice was sure a little high. I don't think I deserve that. That is not what this is. So 
I just wanted to kind of put that out there, you know, if, you know, for just to give people who may have that perspective about this to think about that. This is much on, this is on another level of dire than that time your boss yelled at you and you got mad or thought about (laughs) quitting. You know, that's really not what this is. Well, and there's also a difference between yelling at someone and yelling in general. Because it, this right. did not sound like this was at a one person, like he's just tirading against one person in front of everybody. And it also doesn't come mm-hmm. across that it was just one person fucking up either. This sounds yeah. like there were multiple True. people fucking up and it wasn't the first yeah. time. And like I said, if it was at one person, if this was if he was yelling like that at just a production assistant and talking to just that one person like this, I'd understand people being upset with him about it. Because you should never right. like do that. But yeah, like as a whole, and, like a whole group of people and not targeting one person. Now I'm totally down for it. Yeah. And I think and that is a good point that you bring up, Jason, because I mean, I've come from work environments before where, you know, owners and managers, they like to yell just for the sake of yelling because they have tantrums and they just don't like how things are going. But it's it's this wasn't what that was. You're right. This was a different thing. And I saw some of the comments, too, where people were I, I saw somebody that was like, you know, nobody, no matter what, should ever be spoken to like that at their job and coming from a job where I'm like, yeah, that's that was like kind of the norm, unfortunately. But um, but part of me is just like, but these are people that could be endangering other people. And so and it's like, so you mean also like to tell me that you know, you find your whole crew of people like sexually harassing somebody and you don't think that they should be talked to like that to to tell you how serious the situation is, you know? So I feel like there are certain like abnormal circumstances where sometimes you, you need to, to put that fear into them for them to understand the seriousness of the situation. So I totally agree. I think that that is that he wasn't doing it just to do it and to just be like, I'm Tom Cruise. Listen to me. He was doing yeah. it to be like, no, this is a real problem. Like, yeah. And, and I like how you said it, Sterling with where he's like, I'm not above this. So like <laughs> none of us are above this. And, and I do think that is kind of what his mindset is from, from the rant that he was saying. I mean, It's and especially like because he's not somebody that is known to go off on people like that on his crew. It had to have been a very big deal to him, you know. So, yeah, I mean, me and Heather come from the same place where you have, like I said, or like she said, an owner that throws tantrums. Yeah. And oddly enough, me and Justin worked at a place together where you had a a manager that was verbally abusive. For little things, little things, little things. Mm. And while I wasn't on the receiving end of this, but I've seen people that like a boss roll up on them and they're climbing a ladder and they're not following the proper safety protocols for following a ladder or climbing a ladder and the boss yell at them. And while they yes, that was directed at one person, but it's also one of those things, because a few months before that, we had a guy fall off a ladder and get seriously fucking injured. The guy was out of work for eight months from falling off a ladder. And then you have somebody doing the same thing. And it's that whole, like, like I said, especially with safety issues. And you see somebody breaking a safety issue right away. 
some of that really is that that initial set of panic because you know how bad it can end. And that manager had literally seen it a few months before that, you know, and so the instantly what's in their head is not again, you know, that type of thing. And so I get some of that with it. It's a safe. Like I said, I view it as a safety issue and managers being upset for people being unsafe because it could injure them, injure other people. Yeah. And in this, yes, while it is an illness, some of the effects of it and it can be death, but then you also could have heart complications, lung damage, all this other stuff that is still serious. Even if it's not death, having lung and heart issues is still a dangerous thing. And so that combination effect of that, I understand that kind of like panicness to it that we need to take it seriously right now. Safety issue. Bam, do it now. I totally get that. And it's just really kind of funny because like, I've had bosses that will fucking just chew you out and ream you and say worse shit than he did for infinitely lesser things. Yeah. And yep. those bosses <laughs> I've never understood. In like front said, of everybody, too. Yeah. When I've seen when I see a boss chew at a guy because he's being unsafe and it could get him hurt or somebody else hurt or all this other stuff. You totally I, I get it. I get it just because there's so much more on the line than something small, you know. Not picking up a piece of trash you, you know, you just overlooked while you're walking around doesn't mean you should get yelled at like that. Potentially injuring or hurting yourself or somebody else. Yeah, can sometimes warrant that. Not going to lie. Yeah, because it's that. Yeah, it's that urgency behind why it's there. I get it. I do. Anyway, this is the second episode in a row where we have gotten seriously sidetracked in the opening and in our like supposed short pre uh, topic discussion also second time in a row i really thought this was going to be that tight 15 i thought that that hbo match was going to (laughs) be nope no tight 15s here we have with us people we have the worst tight 15s ever (laughs) yeah we're not good at uh not talking about a subject in detail i mean we're just not (laughs) it's not our strong suit I mean, shit, last week we did dinner rolls and this week we did Christmas music and then we did HBO Max deal for so long and then this for so long. I feel so bad. I promise, guys, our next episode, we may do it again, depending on what happens. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to actually say we're not going to do it because I don't know what the fuck's going to happen this week. Something (laughs) else could happen. I want to be the guy saying we're not going to do it. So we might. Let's talk about make an effort. Let's talk about Sharknado, guys. Let's talk about some Jardinado. Yeah. Because this was on our Cinefans worst list. And I have some thoughts about that. But before my thoughts, we're going to get Heather's spoiler-free thoughts on Sharknado. Well, I, of course, I think like everybody heard about the infamous Sharknado. <laughs> I had not seen it before until we decided, you know, we need to watch it because of, you know, our Cinefans. So... I fully had an expectation of not not thinking I was going to like this. I'm not saying I, I loved it or anything. I will say it's a mess, but it's a fun mess. Like, it's one of those where I we've we've had a few movies before that we've watched where you're just like, I know that what I'm getting into is going to be the most ridiculous thing. 
but I had fun doing it. <laughs> and that kind of is one of these, like, I, it's not something that I would say, oh, I love it. I feel like I need to watch it more than, you know, the average other movies that I watch. But it was pleasantly more entertaining than I expected it to be. Um, and it, it was entertaining because of how bad it was. Kind of like Velocipaster, you know, it's like, it's, it's so bad that you just can't help but be entertained at how bad it is. <laughs> so it's kind of, it falls into that category for me. I mean, I, I, I mean, what can you really, and I know Sterling will have different thoughts on this, but I mean, what can you really like expect, you know, profound depth wise in a movie about a, a, a shark tornado, like, like you can't, like, what are you expecting it to really be? It is what it is, what it is, and it knows what it is, and um, and it owns it, and for that, you know, it it just makes no apologies for what it is, and that's shown by there being more than one sequel to this. Um, but it was la- laughable in a lot of ways, <laughs> but I will say that I, I had more fun with it than I expected to. Justin, what about you? Uh, yeah. So this is definitely my first time watching this movie in its entirety. Um, whenever this was first uh, making its rounds, when it was first released, I would have people c- cause in my friendship circle, uh, with with some of the friends, like besides you guys and people like that, but just with people who know me, I, I'm always, always kind of been known as just kind of like that movie person in a lot of friendship groups, especially like my wrestling friends and stuff like that. They all just kind of know me as that movie guy. And, you know, of course I do the podcast and stuff. So some of that is warranted, but back then when this came out, I was still kind of had that designated title. You know, if, if, uh, if there was ever a movie that they thought was bad or whether it's bad or good, if they thought it was interested in some sort of way or something that, uh, that they thought would just uh, get me to react or something that I had to check out, you know, I would, I was the movie guy. So I had to know about it. And this is one of those movies where several people would come up to me and go, have, do you know that there's a movie called Sharknado where there are a bunch of sharks in a tornado and it attacks people. And I just remember that was the first ever time I learned about this movie was because one of my friends came up and explained what sounded like just the dumbest concept. And I was like, but wouldn't the tornado kill the sharks? And he was like, no, no, it's not. Nope. Nope. They're, they're just a part of the tornado. So you get sucked in the tornado and then the sharks eat you. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, man, Sharknado, man, Sharknado. That's a real movie. It's really coming out. And you know, this really is just along the lines of, you know, sci-fi is notorious for, releasing monster man versus nature 
you know, cheesy B movies like this, whether you're talking about the Megalodon or I mean, th- there are just so many, man, that that involves sharks. And I mean, I've seen one that was like, what was it? Sharktopus or, you know, th- there are just so many oh, that movies like too. this. <laughs> you know, they're they're just countless movies like this uh, from sci-fi and just other companies. And they're all kind of within this class. And when it comes to Sharknado, if you like those movies, then this you're probably going to enjoy this because it's the same kind of thing. But it's like Heather says, it, it trusts. It has fun. It knows what it is. It's and it's all those things we described. It's campy. It's cheesy. The the special effects are not good. And sometimes they're just downright laughable. And that's just what's funny about this is that you just find yourself laughing at things, whether because of visually it's just weird or the there are times where like the camera does weird things and I can't tell where people are relative to something else or it's like. So, or somebody will be running intently with purpose and it's clear that they are not where this event is, but I'm supposed to believe they are there or, you know, there are just weird things even vi- visually that happened with this movie. But like Heather said, you just get a sense that this movie is aware of those things and you just get a sense that this is just really just mindless fun and that's really what this is so yeah if if i've got a meat and potatoes kind of guy and he's looking for like a just a a a quality film probably not going to recommend this but there are people in my friendship circle that love these kinds of movies they collect these movies these really just are their soulmates when it comes to movies and yeah those people yeah i I would totally recommend this to them and so overall yeah it's it's just like i said mindless brainless uh harmless i would say fun that's really all this is to start my part off i'm gonna play a game uh, for this right now, for this part of the game, Jason, I just need you to name something in this movie. A tiger shark. Fucking loved it. Um, just name something else. Tara Reed. Fucking loved her in this. Heather, what about you? Just name something in this movie. Um, dude's daughter. <laughs> Fucking loved her in this. One more. Just give me one more here. Uh, helicopter. <laughs> Fucking loved it. There's not a single fucking thing in this movie that I don't absolutely love. Just unequivocally so. And I'm talking about all the bad shit. Like, there were things like Jasmine was talking about, where one of the most obvious examples is like when they're running on the dock towards the beginning of the movie to get away from the waves and stuff. And it's just people running. (laughs) And it's obvious they put like an Instagram filter of a storm over it. And none of those people are in a storm. Or anything. <laughs> it's just a bright sunny day in California, and there are just people running on a dock, and they just put the storm filter over it. I love it. Uh, or the scenes whenever they're uh, essentially trying to get to the highway, and there's a scene. I know this is kind of spoiler. I don't give a fuck. And they're kind of like they go under an overpass, and there's like some cars stuck there, 
and they're just like, oh, we got to help these people. The water's rising. And so they're running down there and they keep talking about how the water's rising and the sharks are coming and the water's rising. But none of the scenes show any water rising around the people at all. Like there's no water around. Them. Yeah. But then yeah. It'll, it'll cut to like some <laughs> shitty CGI cars that have all these water and sharks around them. But then when it goes back to the people, no water. I loved it. I mean, this is one of those movies that it works solely just from the beginning of the movie. When you see that first Sharknado and at that point, it's like a choose your own story. And it goes, do you accept this? Yes or no. And if you say, no, I don't accept it. Yeah, you're going to have a horrible time for the rest of the movie because just the entire premise of the movie, you can get no joy from. But if you say yes at that point and you say, yes, I can get behind a Sharknado. Nothing but a good time after that. Just nothing but a good time. I mean, even Tara Reid. And I know Jason was trying to throw me for a loop when he said Tara Reid. Because in no universe ever should Tara Reid be a good thing in a movie. But I think she is utterly perfect for this series. Because there are six of these, and I've seen all six of them. I own all six of these. Whenever this movie was put on this list, and it's like, ha, Sterling's going to have to buy all these shitty movies and all this other stuff. I already fucking own Sharknado. Because I fucking love it. That was already just a part of my personal collection. Because it's a damn good time. In all its shitty fucking glory. I mean, this movie uses stock camera footage that was shot on the Discovery Channel like 30 years ago of just sharks in water. <laughs> and you're supposed to believe that that shark in that water is actually just like in flood water on a street. And it's clearly in the ocean. Or at a swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> and I am down for all of it. And everybody's like, well, what about all the bad acting? So much of this movie obviously was that the actors knew Nothing about what they were acting against in that scene. They were just like, hey, act like you're flying a helicopter. What's the helicopter doing? No idea yet. We'll figure it out later. Just act like you're <laughs> flying one. And the actor would do it. Or act like you're driving a car. What are the road conditions? No fucking clue. Just act like you're driving it into a tornado. Cool. Got it, I guess. Or, <laughs> or shoot this fucking pistol at a shark flying at you in the sky. Right. And I'll be damned if he wasn't acing them sharks in the sky or throw a bomb into a tornado. And the actress went, what? And they went, yeah, just act like you're throwing a bomb into a tornado. Like, I also like love like, what was the point of the smoke detectors taped to those bombs? I know this is still all spoiler shit. Right. I just don't give a fuck. What was the purpose of that? <laughs> you don't were like, OK, non spoilers, guys. And then you went all about the spoilers. I just don't give a fuck. Because, like, what the fuck are you really ruining in a movie called Sharknado? Like, it's it's a fucking movie about sharks in a tornado. <laughs> like, what are your expectations? Like, in all seriousness, what are your expectations for a movie called fucking Sharknado? If it is anything more than fucking sharks in a tornado, what the fuck are you doing? You're the reason why you don't like it, not the movie. You set your expectations just way too fucking high. Like, expectations to be on a sliding factor. Like, the movie Snakes on a Plane. Love that movie. Why? Because my expectations are there at least need to be snakes on this plane. And I got that. I got 100% of what I was expecting from that movie. And it's the same with this. My expectations literally stopped at there need to be sharks in a tornado. And I got that in the first two minutes of this movie. So I'm set for the rest of this movie. 
And that's what makes it so damn fun. I mean, it's just it's and like I understand that that sounds like slightly contradictory whenever you get something like a movie called Jujitsu. And, you know, I guess theoretically my expectations should stop at is there any Jujitsu? I understand that. Maybe that is slightly hypocritical on my part. But I, I guess I don't know enough about jujitsu to know if they actually did any in that movie. So I don't know if it fit that criteria. You know what I do know? There were sharks in a motherfucking tornado in this movie. Unequivocally so. I got there was at one point there were three sharknadoes. And I guess that's a spoiler. Spoiler, guys. It's not just one sharknado. There are three at one point. It's fucking great. I mean, I don't know how I would act. If I was ever in a situation and there was a tornado filled with sharks, but I like to feel like my reactions would be the same as these people. I mean, because most of the time they were acting with just utter bewilderment at all times. And I get that because I'd be the same way. I think I think at times this this was probably this really to me felt like a case study of the effects of human bewilderment. And I think on that level, it really, it really succeeds. And I'm not going to lie, I found out that one thing that I was missing from my life is seeing sharks fall from the sky and eat people. I never knew that that was something I needed to see in a movie <laughs> until I saw it. And I'm like, why hasn't this been a cinema staple for my entire life? Like, I feel really bad that if we do a cinema tropes episode, we don't have a trope of sharks falling from the sky and eating people. I just feel like that was just a big missed opportunity by Hollywood. I still think it is because I've only got six movies of that six movies in the history of ever are the only movies that give me sharks falling from the sky and eating people. That's a downright fucking tragedy. That idea alone makes me about as sad as Christmas music does six, <laughs> six movies in all of history. Fucking shame. Hollywood should be fucking ashamed of itself. Disgrace. Recommendations and scores. Heather, go. Um, I mean, yeah, again, if you're just if you if you want to see a movie that, you know, is a bad movie and you just want to have fun with it and not expect like a cinema masterpiece. um, Sure. Why not? Like it was honestly, like I said, it was it was a fun it was a fun time just because, yeah, it's there's it's enjoyable in how just ridiculous it is. So if you're if you're looking for that and you're just wanting something just kind of to amuse you, sure. Um, if you're looking for like that profound, deep or like cinematic, glorious movie, probably pass on this one. Um, my score, <laughs> my score will be um, I'm going to give it 30 chainsaws um inside of a shark cutting it perfectly in half out of a hundred. Justin, what about you? Cool. So yeah, um this is um this is just interesting because I do feel that this is kind of what you call just kind of one of those niche audience type of movies. You know, I think that if you're in the mood 
for if you're the kind of person that's in the mood for this kind of stuff. It's B movie, like we've all said. Of course, it's got you know you you if you listen to anything anybody said. All everybody has said is, well, it's got bad acting. The camera work isn't good. The special effects aren't good. The acting, you know, the, the acting from all, from just about all the cast is bad. And it's about a bunch of sharks in a tornado, which is completely unrealistic. So some people will listen to that and go, uh, this sounds like the worst movie of all time. I'm not going to watch it. And other people would hear all of that and go, that sounds like a good time. I'm going to check that out. If you're in the latter, if that's how all of that sounded to you and you're in the latter of what I just said, then yes, this movie is for you. And you probably give this movie like, you know, and for those people, that niche, I think it deserves 60%. I think of the kinds of movies that I've seen like this, I would give it a 60. We'll go with 60 Sharknado bombs out of 100 for those people. But I think for most people, just if that is not the niche for you, uh, I can understand why they put this on a worse list. Because of everything, again, we just said, you know, if the if we just admitted that the acting is bad, if we just admitted that the special effects are good, if we just admitted that none of this is like great or spellbounding, then why wouldn't it be on a worse list? So I guess I can see that, too. And for those people, I would say, yeah, this this is more along the lines of Heather. It's going to be 30 Sharks in a pool, but not in a pool out of a hundred for those people. But I, so I really think that that's what this is, man. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you gotta be on the right wavelength to appreciate something like this. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to be putting it on your worst list. Like most of our cinema fans. Nah, this movie fucking good. I don't care who you are. No worst list movies. Fucking good. I think that this movie was a breath of fresh air to all of Hollywood, like a movie that no pun intended. I could just really sink my teeth into. Nice. I mean, and the more I look into this movie and everything, too, the more I love it. And I know people are going to talk about like, well, Sterling, what about the acting? It's fucking incredible. I'm incredibly sad that no one in this movie won an Academy Award for their acting in this movie, because I think no one in the world could have done the job they did. I don't think Meryl Streep could act like sharks are falling from the sky with the efficiency and demeanor that these people did. Because I don't think half the scenes they were filming were they even told sharks were falling from the sky and yet somehow still pulled it off. I mean, I know some people might talk about the special effects, but I challenge you. Can you say that's what a Sharknado wouldn't look like? I don't know how Sharknado would affect the way a shark looks. (laughs) So as far as I'm concerned, that's exactly what a Sharknado would look like. I mean, I don't know. I I personally have never seen a shark attack somebody in the middle of a living room. So as far as I'm concerned, that's how it looks. I mean, I've never personally had to uh, rappel down to a school bus that was being attacked by sharks. And I don't know anybody else that has. So you know what? That scene looked pretty damn realistic to me. So I don't know what more that what what more do you want, people? 
because this movie just delivers on the promises that it made. And for that, I give this movie a very realistic score of 70. The writer of this movie is named Thunder Levin out of 100. And before we go into spoilers, I'm dead serious. The writer of this movie's name is Thunder Levin. How fucking badass is that? (laughs) That's awesome. And on top of that, he also wrote a movie called Zombie Tidal Wave. How is he not a damn national treasure at this point? I mean, you give me Sharknados and now you give me zombie fucking tidal waves? (laughs) This man is a perfect human being. On that note, spoilers? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So spoiler alert, as I'm literally saying this, I'm going on to iTunes to buy Zombie Tidal Wave. And what you guys might appreciate this, the very first thing that's trending is Little Drummer Boy. Because apparently 2020 (laughs) has not been worse enough for these fucking people. Yes. I mean, what the fuck is wrong with this world today? Anyway, what? I can't buy Zombie Tidal Wave. Why can't I buy Zombie Tidal Wave? All right, hold on, guys. We're going on a journey to find out why I cannot fucking buy Zombie Tidal Wave before we keep going. Because the fact that this movie exists and I can't buy it is really an issue right at this moment. Like, I am not... I am not okay right now. came out in 2019. Why can't I fucking buy it? Okay. I'm I'm not going to be okay anymore for the rest of this episode. That is literally the most heartbreaking thing that has ever happened to me. It's not found anywhere? No, it's not in iTunes. And that's where I buy my movies. Anyway, I I will be the consummate pro- professional. And I'm going to keep trying to go on. And that just means I'm going to look and see if I can buy it on uh, Amazon while I do this. Anyway, um, nah, I fucking love this movie. Like, seriously, I really do. Like, I, like I said, I was, no joke. I did own this movie before these lists and everything. I do really love it. And I think one of my favorite things about this movie is the way this movie ends and where there's a great white shark flying at our our main character and (laughs) he jumps into it with a chainsaw and gets swallowed whole by that shark. (laughs) And then he cuts that shark open and escapes perfectly in half from inside this shark. But you're burying the lead too, though, that his like his employee who was in love with him who fell out of a helicopter and was swallowed whole by a shark, was whole in that shark's stomach when he jumped in with the chainsaw first. <laughs> and he missed her completely, was also in that shark's stomach, and then cut them both out safely with no harm to either one of them. And then this girl who was in love with him for the whole movie just goes, nah, I'm tired of you and your ex-wife and family drama. I'm going to fuck your son now instead. That's fucking heartwarming. (laughs) It's heartwarming? Yes. Because she realized that, like, the reason why she was lusting after the dad is because she had daddy issues. Because her granddad got eaten by a shark. Because we have no idea what happened to her dad. She was having daddy issues. And then she realized she don't need no daddy issues. She just needs a good man. The helicopter pilot. Fucking heartwarming. All right. She was understanding her worth. And realizing that ultimately that her and the dad, they could probably fuck each other's brains out and probably be happy with that for a while. But it would never be anything more than that because he was still in love with his ex-wife. And did she Mm -hmm. just want to be used for something like that? And she decided 
she didn't. You know, and good for her. Yeah, Heather. Heartwarming. Inspirational. It's touching. It's very touching the way that you explain it. But also. That was my favorite character. <laughs> man, I loved her story character. arc of I've yeah, got these scars like on me. Too. And it's one of those things that's like, obviously, those were some shitty ass fucking shark bite scars. <laughs> like, yeah. just the worst. Like, they looked like a fucking cartoon shark bit something like out of a boat you know like the shark teeth on a boat in a cartoon when a shark bites it it's those perfect triangles in a semicircle. yeah that was the scar on her fucking thigh do you know what doesn't look like that actual shark bites and i am down for it because did you see that scar that his son had from going down the slide wrong or falling off a slide yeah it looked like he should be dead it looked like that slide performed a fucking Mortal Kombat-esque fatality on him, and he got better. Like, what? I want the, I want that movie. I want the Sharknado prequel that shows that son having a sliding accident. That would look like it'd be the bloodiest fucking slide accident in the history of mankind. I mean, that shark, or shark, that slide mangled him. I mean, is that why... As an ex-professional surfer, that they're able to live or own that hot, nice house that they had that just Tara Reid was living in because of the divorce or whatever. Like, is that why they had that nice house? Wasn't because he was a great surfer or anything. No, but they sued the fuck out of that slide manufacturer for just <laughs> right. disfiguring their child. Where is that story? That's the movie I want to see next. Is that. But I mean, I just loved how that whole movie, she's like saying all this stuff all this stuff about how she hates sharks hate sharks like there was any doubt in anybody's mind that her scar was going to be from a shark right and i just kind of love it that like there was a boating accident and like six people went in and one little girl made it out and that the shark leaped up and bit her in the like raft and all this other stuff i just think like that whole story is utterly ridiculous and i say that <laughs> in a movie with a fucking shark tornado in it and to me, the most ridiculous aspect of it was just her story. <laughs> because, like, what else was that story going to be? That that is just the story that everybody tells in a movie like this when they've got a tragic backstory that also relates to the subject matter. Like, that's exactly what the story was going to be, like, without a shadow of a doubt. But I also love that, like, you know, she was all about I don't like to talk about my scars, but she sure she sure didn't like have a problem like people seeing it like, you know, and that's fine. But it was just like she's just like, oh, don't, I don't want to talk about it. But it, it's just one of those where it's a very like obviously seen scar on her leg. And so people are, are clearly going to wonder about that. And like, it's just funny because she seemed like surprised or she just seemed very put off if people like would ask her about it. But it's, it's just funny to me that she would be surprised. It's a, a massive scar on her leg. And I don't know. I don't remember where this took place. What, California or something? Yes. Does it say where this takes place? Yeah. And like, so obviously weather wise, you know, she's not going to be wearing like pants or like covering it up a lot. But it's just funny to me that she's just like, she's like, I don't want to talk about it, but it's, it, it, she just feels very put off by it when it's clearly something people are going to ask you about because it's a very obvious thing on your leg. I don't know. Yeah. If it was a better written character, she'd be hiding that, you know, 
but exactly and like not to say that like she should be ashamed of it but just saying like the way that she acts about like the scar and the trauma that comes along with that you would think that she's just like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna like wear an apron or something to where they can't see it or something like that you know that's what i'm trying to say yeah guys guys don't be coming at me with none of that if it was a better written character bullshit let's be real she was an attractive young lady and they wanted to show as much skin as they possibly could on the sci-fi network. Oh, for sure. Real. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's what it was. Real. And I'm just saying, I take offense to that, Justin, because you were implying something in this movie was not well-written by, by motherfucking <laughs> Thunder Levin. You're sitting here telling me, Justin, that Thunder Levin did not write a top like grade, like a plus script. Pshaw to you, sir. Pshaw to you. <laughs> I was just piggybacking off of you. You said that her st- her backstory was more ridiculous than a shark in a tornado. So Justin, didn't you already kind of harp on his writing? Haven't you understood uh, anything about this episode or at least this movie? I'm going to be hypocritical nonstop when it comes to this because it's <laughs> utterly fucking garbage, but I love every fucking second of it. And I just feel personally attacked when anybody else says anything negative about this movie. It's like one of those things like this movie's like my little brother. I can talk all the shit in the world I want about him, but you can't fucking talk about my little brother like that. I won't stand for it, sir. <laughs> and it really is like that. Like, that's the weird thing about this movie. I know it's an utter piece of shit, but I'm weirdly defensive of this movie because it is so much fucking fun. Like, it's a goddamn Sharknado. Like, fuck me. That is the greatest idea in the history of ever. And I mean, that really is up there. With Voodoo Shark. I think on my other leg, I need to get a Sharknado now. I got a Voodoo Shark on one leg, and I need a Sharknado on my other fucking leg now. And so it's weird. It really does bring up weird feelings in me. Like, like that's what I'm saying is, like, that's what utterly drives me nuts about it being on the worst list. Is just the fact that, like I said, I love it. And I'm just weirdly defensive of this movie. That I don't really think. Because to me, like, part of me, I guess, feels like this doesn't need defending. Because I... Like I said, if you set your expectations over anything other than sharks in a fucking tornado, the reason you don't like this movie is on you and not the movie. Like, and I guess the reason, like, since I feel that way, I do get weirdly defensive of this movie. And again, like I said, it it probably doesn't deserve it at all. But like this movie is the like the sanest this franchise gets. I mean, in the movie, The Last Sharknado. There is motherfucking time travel, motherfucking time travel. This is the most normal of the franchise. And I love every ridiculous second of this franchise. I mean, spoiler alert for one of the later movies. Tara Reid gets a fucking robot hand. Yes. (laughs) Yes. They go to motherfucking space in this franchise. This right here is nothing but a stepping stone into utter gloriousness and i feel like people are missing out by just not giving this movie a real shot and by a real shot i mean it's just a fucking movie about sharks in a tornado guys just follow that just go on this roller coaster because <laughs> this might start like a motherfucking like judge roy scream-esque roller coaster just got some ups and downs it's a nice warm-up you get those motherfucking death loops in that sixth one you just got to go for the ride and it is worth it. I mean, also, 
Why is it that, like in the middle of these tornadoes where there's still old people outside in the swimming pool? There was literally right. a hurricane going on and there were three tornadoes and they were finally like, I guess we should get the old people in now. That is the worst run uh, retirement home ever. But I'm also all for it because we got to see the shark in their fucking pool. And that was great. Also, why does everything explode in this movie? Why is it that they're in that Jeep and the engine floods, but it's also got a gasoline leak? And as they're <laughs> running away, just because it has a gasoline leak, it explodes. There was not even a fire source around them to light the gasoline. <laughs> and it just explodes. Or it's like, why whenever he pours the gasoline in the pool and lights it on fire, does the pool also explode? It makes no sense. But at the same time, it makes perfect sense. Because why the fuck not have a pool explode? That's all I'm saying. It's Sharknado. Why not? Exactly. It's motherfucking Sharknado. Why <laughs> not? I mean, like I said, by evidence of the rest of the franchise, this movie took a very safe chances. Like, it took very little risk at all. But I think that that's exactly what we needed. I think this is exactly the movie we needed as a, as a world in 2013 and to be fair to other people's points of view i guess i'll stop my love fest for right now and i'll let one of you guys go and then i'll probably sprinkle in some more love and then let the other one go and then i'll probably sprinkle in some more love so i guess uh justin go okay um now with the, the now that the character that we keep talking about with the scar nova uh the reason why i felt like that was my favorite character. Um, th there were aspects of that that I really liked, not so much the, the, the backstory or how that all came together, though she had one. Uh, that's more than I could say for some of these characters. You know, they, they at least gave her some thought and she did have an arc in the film. But... Um, but I just liked, I thought that she was kind of badass. You know, she wasn't afraid to pick up a gun. She wasn't afraid to face the sharks at any given time. She was, you know, um, the, she had a lot of good kills. I think she might have had the best kills uh, in the movie up until our main character, uh, Finn, did the whole I, I'm in the shark and now I'm chainsawing out of the shark. But up until that point, you know, if this was if this was a movie based on points, you know, if this was an arcade game and you could get a high score, uh, she'd have the highest score. I thought she had some of the coolest moments, had some of the coolest kills. And as Sterling said, you know, she's attractive and all of that. So I don't know. I was kind of feeling that character. I liked Nova, the character. Um, uh, as far as um, s just some of the other events go and stuff like that, uh, you said something that actually I was going to talk about um, when you said that this, out of all of the ones in the franchise, this one takes the least amount of chances. This one is probably the most tame out of the ones of the series. And honestly, that's, I think, one thing that I think that might be the mo the biggest reason, I think, why fans are kind of split on this. Because, like, even if you go to, like, the tomato meter, you know, like, it's interesting. It's very interesting because critically, this is very high. 
like it seems like critics got it like they understood that okay this is just supposed to be mindless b-movie fun and they rated it really high but when you look at kind of fan reception and stuff the the fans trashed it you know and stuff like that which they're kind of in line with our Cinefan vote. But I think one of the biggest reasons for that is I feel like this movie could have probably kicked it up more in the campiness. I think it could have been sillier. And honestly, I think it could have been stupider than even what it was. And I might have enjoyed it more because there are moments in this where I think it does try to get a little too serious. And there's ex-wife drama and, you know, uh, daughter, daddy arguments. And there's like a lot of melodrama in this, but it wasn't done but, but it really, but it felt like it was the actors really trying to act out these scenes and be dramatic. And I think that that works against this movie, uh, e- even more so than just some of the things we talked about, like, you know, yes, it's sharks in a tornado. And yes, there's weird camera things and inconsistencies and special effects and stuff like that. But I think if those scenes were sillier, and kind of dumber and they kicked that up a a notch even more i probably would have enjoyed this more and honestly i think when this movie succeeds it's when it's being self-aware and it's trying to be as silly as possible but where it really fails is when it's trying to be serious and dramatic so that that to me would probably be my biggest takeaway from this is that, you know, and why I couldn't give it higher than a 60. I think they should have just fully dedicated to just being campy and dumb. And most of the time it is, but there are moments where I think it, it it tries to be beyond that. And that's where it really fails in my opinion. Um, other than that, just uh, no, but 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 for the most part, that probably would be my only like dislike, I guess you could say, or critique. But other than that, man, uh, it was fine, man. I laughed at a lot of the bad things that we spoke about. I laughed um, when certain care and certain characters would say funny things or um, like the one oh, man. I don't remember the actor, but the character, George, I like that character. <laughs> you know, he was. Kinda, yeah, you know, the dad from Home was, Alone. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of dumb, and you know, he would say funny things every now and then, and the smart aleck remarks, and he would he had this crush on Nova, and he was always like, you know, if she would marry me and stuff like that, and you know, and he kind of was that situational campiness like when stuff would try when when people were trying to be serious he would be the one saying a joke or he would be the one just completely off base with an off the wall comment and stuff like that i think he died too early i i think you needed you could have used that character later and just what he kind of brought to the the movie so i was sad to see that character go though i did laugh when he died because it was funny he was like my mom always said that i forgot what the line was oh my gosh oh my gosh what was the line my mom always said that it was something like my mom always said that 
Um, he said something like, "Oh my gosh, I, I'm, Sterling, I'm, you remember it? I know you do." do you no, know I'm, I'm having Sterling? no idea what the fuck you're saying, Justin. Okay, the George <laughs> character just before he dies. He's standing there, right, like in the middle of the street or something. And he's like, my mom always says that something will be the end of me. And then that shark or the side of a building or something falls on no, him and it no, kills him. That's not George. That's the teacher that was in the school bus. And he said, because he's standing there after they saved everybody. He's standing on the side and then the Hollywood signs getting blown down. And he said, my mom always said L.A. would be the death of me or Hollywood would be the death uh-huh, of me. Okay. And the sign falls on him. That's not George. That's his teacher. That's why I was confused on who said it. That's teacher. Oh, what? Well, who was the who? Okay. That what is the name of that George, character then? The George teacher. died before that because George died before they got to the school bus because he went to go save that dog from the car. <sighs> Oh, damn, that's right. And then the dog, that's right. He went to save the dog and then he died there. Yes. My bad. Yes. I meant that teacher character. My bad. I got him mixed up. My bad. Yes. Sorry. That that probably confused anybody that watched this. They were probably see, like, what? You just don't be watching enough Sharknado, man. But see, that's, <laughs> yeah. why, that's why the line was throwing me off because I'm sitting here going, the fuck did George say about his mom? Like, I'm just like going through my head and I'm like, I've seen this movie enough times. I should definitely know this. And I'm just going through, going through, going through. And I'm like, I am not. I have no idea. Like, that's why I couldn't. Pick, I was having trouble placing the line. Yeah, that is my bad on that. My bad, guys. But yes, the teacher character that that was funny. I I, I laughed when the Hollywood sign crushed him. <laughs> I, I got a laugh out of that. Well, see, um, the reason why I laughed so much at that scene is because they just kept showing it like they would not. They would then go to like a character reaction and then go right back to that sign just still sitting there, right. still just crushing <laughs> the fuck out of his body. And it wasn't even like they weren't adding even more blood or more damage or more screens or anything. Nope. They just went back to it going, nope, that guy's still under that sign to Jerry Reed. Back to him. Yep. Under that sign. Over to Nova. She's like, oh, my God. Back to him. Still fucking dead. And they just kept going back to that sign just sitting there. Yes, they did. And that was funny. And see, moments like that, I think if it had just fully or at least just committed to that more, I can't say it wasn't committed to it because obviously this movie was self-aware. But I think if it had just really just went full on, which I'm sure in some of the sequels it does. So now I'm kind of curious about how those turn out. But I think this one needed that. It needed to just say, screw it and just do it a hundred percent that way constantly like even more often than it did but yeah that's all for me i mean i'm not gonna lie justin i can respect that you know when you're looking at it now saying it doesn't go campy enough especially knowing just in general the franchise goes bigger later like i totally 100 percent get that it's just i did watch this in 2013 when it came out on the sci-fi channel and at the time you really don't think, oh, they can go crazier with this. You know what I mean? Like at the time, you don't think they're gonna they they could possibly go any crazier. So like I I do get what you're saying though. Like retrospectively, looking back on it, I I, I do agree with you. If they they should have leaned more into how ridiculous it is, yeah, which is definitely what they do later. I okay. mean, and I get what you're saying too about at the time and everything like that. I get that too. That makes sense. Yeah, it's just one of those things though that like. It really does go both ways. I mean, I can kind of give you guys like really quick synopsises, like not spoilers, but like the synopsises of the movies. 
So like the first one, yeah, it's in L.A. So the second one happens in New York. So it's pretty much like a lot of the same thing, but in New York. Okay. The third one happens and it's like all down the southern part of the East Coast from like Washington, D.C., like all the way down to Florida. It's just like nonstop Sharknadoes all throughout there. And then the fourth one, they go to space. The fifth one is a glo- like a global like apocalypse of Sharknadoes <laughs> just all around the globe. And then in the sixth one, the whole the, the movie is they have to go back in time and they go all the way back in time. But essentially, they have to go back in time to go back forward in time to stop the original Sharknado to save all of humanity. And like, that's the synopsis is like, that's not even really that's not spoilers. That's the synopsis is of this franchise. So, yeah, Justin, they go way bigger. Wow. It's great. There's robot sharks at one point. Fucking robot sharks. <laughs> okay. There's motherfucking George Washington and Benjamin what? Franklin. Oh, time oh, yeah. travel. Yeah. Yeah. And David Hasselhoff is the main guy's dad. The the guy Finn, his dad is David Hasselhoff. The guy from 90210. Yeah. 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 I'm telling you, man, this franchise just it's go big or go home. And they do it every movie. They just increase the stakes every time. I'll be honest. It kind of makes me want to see like what the other ones do. <laughs> and oddly enough, they, I mean, they really do get better. Like, like honestly, these people like grow more into their roles, you know, like they, I mean, they, they sign in, like they go for it. And I think that that's what really makes it beautiful is like as actors, they more fully embrace the roles as, as it goes on. And it, it adds more to me. It adds more to the charm of what you need with time travel and Sharknados. But uh, Heather, go ahead and give your spoiler thoughts. I mean, I I will say I can kind of get on board with most of what you're saying, Sterling, about this movie. But I I can't get on board with you about Tara Reid. I, I just I can't deal with her in this movie. <laughs> like she's... <laughs> I still don't think that she does well in this role. That's just me personally. Like everything she says is just so like robotically said. Like it's just like she's but, not acting. She's but, not. She's barely reacting. To, to be what's fair, being said, yeah. To be fair, her role for a majority of this movie is to play the stereotypical naggy ex-wife, and she. Yes nails that and that's I mean, true she is so <laughs> naggy she gets mad because he's saving a busload of kids she is nailing right. that role that is true i give her that um but just like even the way she says things is just very like she like she's not even trying to act like you know she'll just be like oh we need to go now let's go like that's just kind of how she said things all the time to me and <laughs> i just i couldn't get on board with it but you know and i she did do the nagging part correctly at least you know like i did feel that vibe from her but there's just I, and even when she does like her screaming when she's like frightened of the sharknado <laughs> she doesn't even do like that high pitched like i'm truly scared scream you know she just does like a Ah, like, 
was her scream. And you're just like, what is this? Like, it was just, it was a mess. It was a real mess with her. But, and then also at the end too, like, you know, when they kind of like make up and all this stuff, she legit just straight up kisses his mouth with all that shark guts and blood on it. And it just like love (laughs) conquers all. Yeah, okay, but I'm just saying, I was like, that's so gross. Like, but then she just, it, yeah, she was just like, oh, haha, I got some on me kind of like look on her face. It was very weird. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, but I, I just feel like I agree with Jastin as well about they really tried to do some serious moments here. And like, e, is his name Ian? Is that the, the main guy's name? In real life, yes. Oh, it's what is his name in the movie? Whatever his name Finn, is, Finn um, Finn, Finn. That's right. Okay. Um. So whenever he has like that conversation with his daughter, you know, and and she's just like, oh, like you never cared about us, and you never cared about me, and all this, and then he's just like, I came after you first, like essentially just saying like, well obviously like you're my favorite because i i wanted you to be saved before my son is kind of what that sounded like to me <laughs> like it's like this isn't the tone of it is just weird and she was really aubrey aubrey peebles i believe is her name she is i i think in my opinion i actually think that she is a good actress i've seen her on other things she's on nashville which is a show that i really like you know and she's she's very good and I'm not saying that she wasn't good here. She wasn't great, but like it was almost like she was acting in like a different movie than everybody else. Like she was a very angsty, very like always in her emotions. She didn't seem like she was having fun with this movie, even with her role. Like she just felt very out of place in what she was doing with her character versus what everybody else was doing. And it kind of threw me off. <laughs> like, it was very weird. But I don't know if that makes sense. But that's just kind of that feel I got from her character and her performance. But um, again, well, I mean, I will say this. She does come back for a few of the other ones. OK, well, that's not surprising because <laughs> I just feel like this is one of those where it's probably most of the same people throughout all of them, if I'm not mistaken. But um yeah, it's it's just funny because like <laughs> she's yeah, she's just very angsty and very like really trying to bring something very serious and real to this movie that is not about that <laughs> or it shouldn't be about that. And it was just kind of throwing off everything. But um, also, she was a very irritating character for the most part, because even when she's like going around with them and she's trying to, you know, survive and whatever she wasn't doing anything like and I can't say I'm not I wouldn't be that person in a Sharknado. It's not like I'm going to be like, yeah, let's go. And like, I'm going to get all the the ideas together to beat this Sharknado. But she was just literally standing there and she would just like follow whoever and just stand there and watch them do everything <laughs> That's what she was doing the whole time. And yeah, so it was just kind of funny watching her in the background sort of doing a lot of nothing. And just the reaction when Nova fell out of the helicopter, like, I will say I she was my favorite character, too. But I will say that I was a bit bummed when, you know, she she was eaten by the shark because I was like, she was a good character. Like, that's the ending they're giving her to this. 
So I'm yeah. kind of glad that like, this I have is, the same but, reaction. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's it? Okay. And then kind of like the the brother, the other guy that was flying the helicopter, and he his reaction just cracked me up, though. He was like, no. Uh-oh. Got to land this, this helicopter now. Like, it was just so funny to me how that whole thing happened. But I, so I will say I am glad that she did not die because she was the best character by far in this, in this whole thing. And I was like, she deserved a better death than that. It's kind of like, you know, characters that you see where they die and you're just like, oh, well, that character was so important for this whole entire show. Like, why isn't their death a little bit more than what it was? Um, But I think... I mean, again, like I'm picking apart acting in Sharknado. So, I mean, it's going to be a losing battle. <laughs> like there's just, you know, it, it's not a battle to really fight because they know what it is. And what they did is what made it really funny when it was funny. So, you know, do your thing, Sharknado. That's fine. It, it was just very like certain things. I was like what's going on here? And what is this? And like the whole thing about the, the old people, like just sitting out there and when he's like, get everybody away or whatever. And they're just like, you know, cause they're old, they're all moving so slow. <laughs> and they're just like, come on guys, get away from the window. And they just shuffle their feet. And it was just really funny watching them like getting away from the windows or whatever. But, um, I, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a, it was definitely a fun ride though, because you're just like, they had the audacity to just have this be a movie in general. And they really ran with it. And, um, yeah, the scene when he's saving them from the bus, it, it just like how super cheesy that whole dialogue was, like everything said. And I'm also kind of like, you know, like it's when Finn, you know, he's the last person to go up that thing. And then the shark is clearly about to like get him. And they're just like, oh, no, you know, hurry up. Let's get him up here. And I'm just like, didn't what's her face have a, like a shotgun? Why didn't she go grab that or have somebody give her that shotgun so she could just shoot the thing? Like it was literally in well, every other scene of the movie except for that one. Well, that would be because Finn would be between her and the shark. She wouldn't have that angle. Okay, I mean, but in a this, movie this about incredibly Sharknados. Accurate. Incredibly accurate. <laughs> okay. This isn't wanted. Yes. You can't bend bullets around people. This is a very scientifically accurate Sharknado movie. Mm, right. That I'm forgetting that part. You're right. Okay. Yeah. But I just was like, you know, I'm sitting there watching them and they're just like, oh no, he's about to get eaten. And I'm like, get your shotgun. You've been shooting these sharks all day. And she was a good shot, like Jason said. Like she was a fairly good shot, so, like, at least try. Like, it was just funny, because, like, literally in any other scene where there's sharks and she's got her gun, except for that one, and I was like, get the gun, what are you doing? Like, it was just funny that that was... But, you know, it was convenience, you know? You can't always have it, because then, you know, the illusion of the shark possibly getting the main character wouldn't be there, so... But anyway, that was just kind of something that kind of threw it, it was just funny to me that that happened and yeah the ending like oh my word i died with the whole like him chainsawing himself out of this shark <laughs> like 
they're just all standing around watching this shark and they're just like, oh no, dad just got eaten or whatever. Just clear precision of craziness just perfectly cuts this shark right where he needs to cut this shark to get out of this like shark's belly. And it's just so funny. I was like, he has a chainsaw inside of this shark and he uses that (laughs) chainsaw to cut himself out of this shark. And it's just real perfectly, you know, perfect chainsaw cut in half shark. (laughs) Just what in the world? And it just, I died. I was like, this movie did that. And then he's like, wait. And then Nova just comes out. You know, he just very conveniently was swallowed by the same shark that swallowed Nova. Like, <laughs> what in the you, world? You say it's convenience. I call it fate. Right. Yes. Fate is the word I meant. You're right. Sorry. But I was just like, of course, you know. And so... While I'm laughing at the ridiculousness of that, I'm also like, okay, good. Nova's alive. That's good news. (laughs) Like, it was just, the whole thing was so ridiculous. But it was definitely the most memorable part of the movie. Because I'm just like, I mean, again, never in my life did I think, I'm going to see this man get swallowed by a shark. And then he cuts himself out of the shark with a chainsaw that he just had in hand when he got eaten. Like, sure, why not? Just go with it. And yeah, it was just, it was amusing for the things like that. Um, but again, it's just, it is a movie. I appreciate the fact that it does know how ridiculous it is. And that's why it does work for the most part. Um, I know I didn't give it a high score, but I'm just thinking in general, like in actuality, this is that would be the score that I gave the movie, even if I was entertained by it. But, um, It's just, I do appreciate that it knows what it is, and it really just does not make any apologies. So, kudos to that, because others try to do that, and it doesn't really quite work as well. So, they, I mean, they they did their thing with this whole franchise of Sharknado movies, apparently. But, yeah, it was just, it was so ridiculous. The dialogue was just garbage, but funny. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it was just everything. And also with the dog in the car, like she's just like really trying, you know, to get somebody to help her get the dog out. She's just like knocking on the window of the dog. And then what's his face? George is like, okay, well, let me just break the window to get him out. I'm like, why couldn't she have done that? Like literally grab anything around you and just break a window and he'll be out. She just acted so helpless. Like I have to knock on the door of this car. Cause my dog's there. Like <laughs> she couldn't do anything about it on her own. It wasn't like the, the dog was like trapped under a bar or a wall or something. It was just in the car, just break the window. I was like, why didn't she just do that? It was just, you know, but again, it's Sharknado. So you got to have a reason for him to be a little behind the group so that he can then be eaten. So there was there was a there was a reason for it. So well, anyway, the thing I love about that scene though is the fact that after he breaks the window to let the dog out, he walks like into the tunnel instead of back to them. Like he walks right, further like- away from them afterwards. <laughs> and then on top of that, if I'm not if I mean I may be wrong on this, but I've watched this several times. And it really looks like they use CGI for the broken window. And I love that. 
I love that they did not have the budget to break an actual car window. That they had to actually just CGI that window break. That is pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that's... um. That's my thoughts on the movie. I think it it was fun and very amusing, but also super ridiculous. Like it's it's like a love hate type of situation almost. So, yeah. I do love that that shark bit onto that rope and just said, "Fuck this. I'm staying on the rope." Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very determined. Like I also love that in the same scene we were talking about with George like dying with the whole like dog saving the dog and everything when they're in like when they're at the end of that tunnel they see a wave take out the car in front of them and yet no water comes towards their car like it's a tidal (laughs) wave breaks over the barrier in front of them and destroys the car in front of them but nothing behind them love it or like shortly after that where, like, I guess there's this water coming down from, like, this upper part, like, there was, like, a underpass or something, and water's coming down. And I remember they were in the vehicle, and he and uh, Finn was like, man, I'm going to have to time this right. And, you know, I know waves because I'm a surfer, so I know exactly what's going to happen here. And he was, like, doing right. a countdown, and he was like, three, two, one. And then they all went, ah, and, like... Oh my gosh. Yeah. It just cut like they didn't. There was in no way did they show that he timed something or got by something in the nick of top. It didn't look like that at all. It just, it was just cuts of water, them screaming, water, them screaming something in an overpass, them screaming. And then, then, then they were just past it. And the music changed to that music, like that relief music, like, oh yeah, they made it. And I'm like, what happened? I mean, I just remember saying out well, loud. Justin, what you happened? Also for, you forgot the part at the beginning of that, whenever he does slam on the accelerator to get through that, his tires screech like they're spinning out. Wouldn't they hydroplane? Wouldn't there be enough water for them to actually hydroplane instead of right. actually just screeching yeah. like it's diet? Or I love the fact that in the middle of this incredibly unheard of apocalyptic disaster, the police have time to go, hey, you went through our barrier. We're going to trace you to try to arrest you. Right. Yeah, but that Hummer had that Fast and Furious Nas, though, so it was all good. Yeah, but do you not remember the scene whenever they go through the barrier? Like, it's not even there. The barrier's just around it. But, like, they go through the barrier, (laughs) and it's, like, Looney Tunes level, like, like, the way they accelerated (laughs) so fast through it. And then, that that was even, that was Nas-free. That was Nas-free, and then they hit the Nas. Like, and I love the fact that that car also has multiple Nas shots in it. Like, it's got the ability to just NOS whenever you hit the button. Because most NOS <laughs> systems go whenever you hit it. You use what, however much NOS you have in there unless you disengage it. Like, in most of the time, it's you hit the NOS button, it just NOSes till your take's empty. And they just went, not, nope, we're just going to have some more NOS for later. Man, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I might watch it again. Nah, I'm probably going to watch six tonight. Get that time travel. Is that your favorite one? It's up there. I mean, the fourth awakening is really good, too. That's the one where they go to <laughs> outer space. The fact that it's called that. It's like, oh, man. Sharknado, the fourth awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, Sharknado three is called. Oh, hell no. Sharknado three. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Even better. But I mean, the last Sharknado, though, 
it's all about or it's about time that's what the, the last one's called the last sharknado it's about time <laughs> clever and at one point in that he finn goes there it is the first sharknado i'm gonna need a bigger chainsaw fucking glorious nice fucking that's that is pretty good glorious. yeah <laughs> oh man man oh man you guys got any more thoughts about this sharknado nope no sir on that note, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast or Twitter and Instagram at Cinema underscore Slayers. Uh, if you can, leave us a rating and review on your preferred podcast listening app if it allows you to do so. If it doesn't, you should message him and go, hey, you should allow me to do this so I can do this and give five stars to Cinema Slayers because you don't want to be like Kurt who did, yes, eventually do it, but for so long, he wouldn't do it. I just kept having to say, fuck you, Kurt. And I felt bad about having to do it, but I had to. But then he, he actually went and left us a five-star mm. review on iTunes, so I'm no longer saying fuck you, Kurt, on any of these episodes. Just never again will I say fuck you, Kurt, on anything. <laughs> or if you just want to ever give us a recommendation or anything like that for just something to watch or anything, really, you can message us on Facebook or email us at simplesearchpodcast at gmail.com. Give us those recommendations because, I mean, it's not like much is going on really at this point. So we're going to keep going through these lists with the exception of a few episodes here and there about some of these bigger movies that are coming out, especially just streaming services. But, yeah, we're going to keep going through these lists. So if you have any other thoughts or anything like that you want to give us, hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, let us know what you think about these movies, especially this one, because this was a Cinefan worst. And holy fuck, I am talking fast. But I'm going to keep going through this just because we're ending this episode and it went very long. Because we talked about Tom Cruise and fucking Christmas music for half of this fucking episode. And that's utter insanity. So just remember, guys, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Whew. Fuck off. Fuck off, you piece of shit. I hate you. To lay before the king, I'm really sad that you've watched the end of the Mandalorian today, Justin. Because just for that, I wish I could have spoiled that for you instead. Oh, <laughs> I haven't I even you, seen man. it, and I know what it is, and I would have said it. Yeah, because you would have done it too. Boy. Because of the drummer boy, man. Come yeah, because of the drummer be boy. If Don't anything is going to make me be that way, it's fucking drummer boy. Oh. Can't play no drums around no babies. Come on. <laughs>